With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When I go back through our archives, I find some interviews with coaches that you probably haven't had a chance to meet unless you've gone back to the first year of the podcast, which was 2017. And one of those guys has been on multiple times, but his first interview with us was a good one. And you really get a chance to learn about him and what he believes in. And that is Casey Jacobson, the co-defensive coordinator at Morningside. Morningside just won their third national championship in the last four years in NAIA and Casey Jacobson has been a football scoop coach of the year. He's been honored as the American football coaches NAIA assistant of the year. Just does a tremendous job as a coach and we'll get him back on the podcast to talk again because I always love talking ball with Casey. So here's our first episode with him back from year one. Casey Jacobson, co-defensive coordinator from Morningside. Coach Jacobson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Coach, let's get right into it and go back to where you got your start. So what made you want to be a football coach? You know, being around the game my whole life, playing it as a, as a kid and, and obviously playing through college, it's just, you know, the bug kind of hit me. And when my college coach asked me if I wanted to stick around and stay on staff after I graduated college, I jumped at the opportunity. Where'd you get your start then? What college was that? I uh, I played football at Buena Vista University, which is in Storm Lake, Iowa, and that's uh, that's where I played, and that's where I coached my first two years. What was your first position there? What were you coaching? My first position there, I was the assistant offensive line coach, responsible for the guards and center. Uh, you were on the good side of the ball at that time. You've since gone to the dark side, huh? Well, yeah, I, I played O-line, and I've transitioned over to the dark side. <laughs> So what were some key things for you in your first, you know, coaching position there that you learned, you know, you transitioned from being a player there to a coach. What were some things you picked up in that first experience? You know, obviously, and, and I think it even carries over some of the guys uh, that I coach now is the time commitment that it is. You know, when you're, when you're playing, it's, you know, you're in there and watching film and, and you're at practice. You don't necessarily uh, see all the work that goes in behind the, behind the scenes. In your career and your coaching up to this point, what have been some other key points in your development? You know, key things that you've learned. You know, the biggest thing that I that I get out of out of this is just the relationships. You know, in terms of coaching young men and you know working with them on a daily basis, not only just in football but throughout their their studies and their personal life, and 
and just kind of trying to mentor them through this phase of their life and giving them a giving them a foundation to be successful for their future. As you've you've transitioned through your career, who's had the greatest impact on your philosophy? There's there's a lot of guys. You know, obviously my first college coach, Joe Hadachek, was big just in terms of uh, you know I'd never been coached that hard before, and and uh, he really you know demanded your best. So I kind of picked up some stuff from Coach Hadachek. Obviously, Coach Ryan, our head coach here, I've been with him for 13 years. Coach Ryan has really hammers the details of things, you know, and he wants to know, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Um, and are you are you giving that message to your players as well so they understand what they're doing? And then probably thirdly was uh, my father was a, was a coach and just growing up around, you know, being a coach's kid and you're always around sports and things like that. So those are probably the three biggest influences. So you've been in some distinctly different areas as far as what you've coached in your career, and now you've developed one of the top defenses in the nation year in and year out. What would you say is your area of expertise as a football coach? Um, I'd say just in terms of a position, it's probably linebacker. I've been coaching linebackers here for the past 13 years. Just that position, and you know, there's there's a lot of crossover in terms of you know I was an old line coach before, and you know, just destructing a constructing an offense and teaching these guys, you know, hey, what are they looking at? Why are they running that? What do we need to do to stop it? So I'd say linebacker play is probably my area of expertise. And obviously you're doing something right because prior to being the defensive coordinator, which consistently has top 10 performances every year in multiple categories. In fact, this year you were number three in scoring, number two in total defense. I think you were uh, – seventh in rushing, fourth in passing, first in pass efficiency, and second on third down. So you guys are really doing things right, and that's what you see kind of year to year, that kind of performance in the top ten. Prior to this, though, you were the special teams coordinator, and you had the same kind of success. So what is it that you're doing that gives you that kind of consistency? Uh, I, I think it's just that. I think it's being consistent, you know, letting the players know that this is their expectations, this is what you're looking for and then asking them to do it and demanding them at times to do it, then they see the results um, in terms of that consistency. The, the message is consistent in terms of what we're trying to accomplish and, and then just allowing them to set goals to get to that level um, and just working on it on a day-to-day basis. We've been successful because we've been consistent, and it's just been a consistent message throughout my time here of this is what's demanded of you, and, and I'm here to help you reach that level, and, and we're going to get there together. I think a lot of coaches point to the culture that they develop as well. So you have a unit that you're in charge of, and, you know, the past it was special teams. Now it's the defense. What types of things do you do to build culture in your unit? We talk about culture probably on a daily basis. Um, here at Morningside, you know, the defense, our nickname is the Wolfpack. Um, and we have the, uh, the Wolfpack identity pyramid, and at the base of the pyramid is three things that that we have to do each and every single game and, and week to week. Um, and the three things on the base of that are, are violent, relentless execution. Um, that's, the, that's the base of what we're trying to do here. Uh, we want to make sure we're executing the call, executing our assignment with perfection. You know, uh, we want to make sure we're playing relentless. You know, a lot of the times you can, uh, you can make a mistake, but your effort can make up for it. And then obviously, you know, the game of football, you, you've got to be bringing your pads. You've got to be using your hands to defeat blocks. Um, so we talk about violent, relentless execution on a daily basis. That sounds like a great tool, the Wolfpack Identity Pyramid. How how did you develop that, or where did you get the idea? Oh, I stole it. You know, um, <laughs> I think I took it from uh, from Patterson down at TCU. I read an article that he wrote 
just in terms of, and I think theirs was an overall program philosophy. And I think he actually probably stole it from John Wooden because John Wooden was big on the pyramid thing. So we had had our game goals and we had our expectations of what we expected the defense to do. Um, and then after the season one year, you know, I sat down with some of the seniors and said, okay, what's, what's the six caveats of the, of the Wolfpack defense? And they just uh, kind of all looked at me funny. Um, so obviously I knew that I wasn't getting that message across strong enough. So I so I sat down and I came up with a with the Wolfpack identity pyramid. The bottom of it is is uh, relentless, violent, and execution. The next level up is tackles for loss, takeaways, and stopping run. And then obviously the top of the pyramid is no touchdowns. They see that every day. They hear it every day. They get quizzed on it every uh, every Tuesday when we go down there. So everybody should be on board. Should be on the same page in terms of what it to do to be successful. And I'm sure all of those are kind of key parts of, of your philosophy. Can you talk about your defensive philosophy a little bit? Yeah, obviously, you know, any defense worth its salt is going to attempt to stop the run. You want to make sure that throwing the ball is is what the offense has to do, um, you know, just in terms of you play. You know, in the Midwest here, we get so many different types of weather um, that don't necessarily lend itself to throwing the ball. So we, we want to make sure, first and foremost, that we're good at stopping the run. So we're going to do that using – multiple calls in terms of sometimes we'll blitz, sometimes we're just going to play it straight up, but mainly we're going to be a cover four team where we're going to get our safeties involved in the run game. Um, and then, obviously, we want to get the offense behind the sticks, uh, you know, get them behind schedule when that happens with tackles for loss and uh, sacks. So we're going to be aggressive. Our outside linebackers and our inside linebacker play aggressive. We're going to hit gaps. We're going to play downhill. And then, uh, obviously, takeaways. We work takeaway circuit every single week. And whether that's ripping the ball out of somebody's hands and carrying it or attacking it when it's in the air, tip drills for the D linemen, sniffing out screens, all types of stuff like that. What type of defense do you guys run? We're a 4-3. What kind of coverage do you like to play behind that? Quarters. Quarters are variations of quarters. Gotcha. So thinking of teaching your system, you obviously have a sound philosophy that your players understand. What are some of the best methods your coaches are using to get that execution that's leading you to be one of the top defenses in the country? You know, a lot of it comes down to watching film and we talk through, you know, we watch, we watch the film in terms of, Hey, this is what it should look like. You know, we, we draw it up on the board. We talk about the details of each position in terms of position coaches. So, you know, our safety, our safety's coach is going to talk about alignment. He's going to talk about leverage on the number two receiver. He's going to talk about formations. And then we'll get down into the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it of, hey, what, what, what do our feet want to look like on pre-snap? What do our feet want to look like post-snap? Where should our eyes be transitioning? Things like that. So we're really big on off-the-field coaching. So then when we get down on the field uh, and we transition it into, into our individual time, um, you know, with, with our individual time, I, I probably only do four drills with the linebackers, and that's throughout the course of the year. Uh, I think a lot of the times people try and make this thing like it's uh, brain surgery, but uh, you know, as long as you're as long as you can keep things simple and your guys can understand what they're trying to do, and you can give them the tools to be successful in terms of defeating blocks, block recognition, tackling, defending receivers. Um, if you can keep that stuff simple, they can pick on it, pick up on it really fast, and it allows them to play fast. I think the hallmark of a lot of great defenses is you see that they're able to play their base really against anything and that there's adjustments uh, out of that base. What would you consider to be the base for you, and, and how are you teaching that to your players? Our base is going to be a 4-3 cover 4. Uh, that's our base defense. Um, and in terms of how we're, 
we're teaching it now. I can, now I say, I just told you how you got to keep things simple. And then I, I I've got to say that I don't necessarily, our base defense, I never hard call on the sideline. We've got a, we've got an auto check, which is for our front. And then we've just got a coverage check, which is for the back end. So really in terms of us put uh, and, and our kids, have to take ownership in it and putting themselves in a position to be successful. So we're, we're either going to be in an over front or an under front based off of what formation we're getting. Obviously, if we've got a tight end formation, we're going to be in an over front. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, we might put a three technique to a running back or we'll put a three technique to a fullback just in terms of week to week basis um, based off of what we're seeing. So our Mike linebacker sets the front. And then our safety set our coverage check. Now it's going to be variations of cover four in a two by two formation, uh, but in a three by one formation, you know we'll, we'll spin over and we'll play. Uh, you know we'll play. You know it, it's kind of a version of cover three, but it's more. It's got more cover four tendencies than it does cover three. And you know we go every single week. We break every single opponent down by formation. And then on Monday we're sitting in here and I'm talking with the Mike linebackers. Hey, against this formation, we want to be in this front. And we just run down the list and the safeties and, and corners coaches are doing the same thing. So all the guys are on the same, same page that, Hey, when we see this formation, this is what we're playing to it. How do you get that repped in practice to make sure that you have that recognition you need? When, when we're doing it in practice, we do a lot of line assign in terms of individual stuff. You know, on, on Tuesdays, coach Matthews just got those safeties down there and he's, he's got cards out and, Hey, this formation pops up. Hey, what is it? And it's just you're doing that throughout the course of that, and then you get into practice, and and, and every single call in practice is auto check. So you know they're calling that stuff throughout the course of the week in every single period. And even when we have some crossover sessions throughout the week with our offense, we will play our stuff that we're playing that upcoming weekend, to, so we don't create any confusion. And then obviously, as I'm watching film, you know I make sure that every formation that we're going to see. They're seeing that on film in our meeting, and I say, hey, where are we setting the free technique? Um, you know, and the safeties are doing the same thing. Hey, what coverage are we playing to this? It's film repetition. It's, you know, walk and talk repetition, and then, and then it's game type of an environment repetition. Um, and we get about, I'd say uh, on any given day, we probably get about 100 to 150 snaps um, against the scout team. So our, our guys are prepared when we get to Saturday. Uh, you guys are moving fast. How do you accomplish that kind of, I guess, tempo out of your scout team to be able to get that many? Well, our offense is a no, is a no huddle offense, so they're they're up tempo the way that it is. And uh, you know, offensively, our scout team guys they know, hey, we're trying they're trying to run stuff fast. If I want to be up there with with the older guys, I I need to prove that I can run stuff fast. So we really have uh, we have great scout team periods in terms of those guys are in and out of the huddle. Um, we really make it simple for the offensive line, so they're not the ones having to come back and look at a card. When we're looking at, when we're breaking down an opponent offense, we use our offensive terminology. So you know, we can basically go out there, and they don't even need a card. We can just say, "Hey, you're running, you know, power G," and give them the number, and everybody out there can run it. All we have to really do is tweak some alignments based off of formation. Within those reps, how much of that is being allotted to your second team? We go fifty-fifty. In terms of our our first group is going to take four, and then our second group is going to take four. And, and when we're going against scout team, it, it's fifty fifty. You know, defensively, you got you got to play a lot of guys anymore. It's not you can't have eleven dudes and expect to get through an entire season healthy and you know be able to play at your top level with the same eleven kids on the field all day long. Um, I want to say, in the games this year, we rotated uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. We rotated seven defensive linemen on. Yeah, at least seven in every game, sometimes nine. 
and we had three safeties we played. We had, uh, and then we rotated uh, Mike linebackers from time to time as well, and then we re- rotated the outside linebackers a little bit as well. So most of those guys are getting a chance to play throughout the course of the year, and, and they've got to be prepared. And it's one of those things anymore in college football with the up-tempo offenses. You better, you better have some guys ready to go. They're backups, otherwise it's going to nip you in the bud. So you guys are even getting some threes ready to go. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's let's uh, put you in a, a situation here, Coach. We're in a do-or-die situation. It's uh, fourth down and three. The opponents have moved the ball to your 30-yard line, and Tom's running out. Points on the board wins the game for him, so you guys got to stop him here. They've, okay. they've shown a good balance all game long between run and pass. They've mixed it up with formations and personnel groups. Uh, this particular time, they're sending an 11-personnel group onto the field. What's your call? Fourth and three. Fourth and three. Fourth and three with 11 personnel. If they've been pretty balanced, you're putting me in a bad situation, so we're going to play our base defense. We're going to allow our athletes to get themselves lined up in a position to be successful, and uh, we'll tighten the corners up a little bit so they can't hit us up on any three-step, and and uh, we're just going to be ready to play what we see. Sometimes you got to rely on that, right, Coach? Players play, coaches Absolutely. coach. Players play, players make the plays. And, and I would hope that throughout the course of the game, they've kind of given themselves a couple of things that they can pick up on, whether it's a, a tackles alignment, if he's heavier, if he's light, you know, leverage of a number two receiver and 11 personnel. Sometimes they line up tighter if they're going to run the ball. Sometimes they line up wider. All those things are uh, pre-snap indicators of what they're possibly doing, and hopefully our guys have picked up on that throughout the course of the game. And when they come out there on fourth and three, we're going to have a we're going to have it whittled down to about two or three plays they're going to run. And we're going to be able to stop it. It seems like you guys do a really good job in, in preparing your players to do more than what those lines are drawn. You know, obviously, if you have a guy who goes out and just runs lines and says, oh, well, coach, that's what the diagram said, you're not in a yeah, good situation. Robots. So you don't want robots out there, right? Robots can't play this game. That's right. Coach, let's change pace here a little bit. We're going to go into a little bit of an up-tempo segment right here, just some various questions on some coaching topics. So what's a mistake you made as a young coach, and what did you learn from it? Probably getting really fired up, uh, you know, to the point of everybody that's out there wants to be successful. They, no, nobody goes out there and says, man, I'm really going to make Coach Jacobson mad because I'm not going to do this right. Just being able to, you know, take a step back and, and solve problems rather than, you know, trying to use, you know, use my voice to get guys to play hard, helping them overcome their, you know, correct their faults, so they can be more successful. What's the best coaching advice you received in your career? If the guys don't know that you love them and you're there for them off the field, they're not going to care what you do for them on the field. Yeah, it kind of goes into that first one where you mentioned, you know, you don't want to be too emotional. You want to be too heated with guys. They have to understand where you're coming from. And, you know, the guy who's just barking all the time, you know, doesn't yep. get that across and probably misses that, uh, you know, on your on what you mentioned there in, in the piece of advice you received. Yep. And, and once they know that you love them, then you can bark at them because exactly. they know you're trying to do it for the best. Got to develop that rapport. Coach, what's a book you'd recommend to our listeners? I've read a lot of the Tony, Tony Dungy books. Anything Tony Dungy writes is, is top-notch. I mean, he's a first-class guy. He's a first-class coach. The Tony Dungy books are, are excellent books. What's your favorite piece of coaching technology or a piece that maybe you want to work into your workflow in the future? I tell you what, we just started using Huddle this year. We were using it for exchange only, and then we had our own little uh, thing that we were using for breakdowns and stuff. But we finally 
jumped all in with Huddle, and, and man, I love it. Easy, it's fast. I can type notes in it and send it to guys, and and uh, it, I tell you what, it's it's a, it's a fantastic piece of technology. I can conduct a meeting sitting in my office with nobody in here because I can just type the notes in there and I can send them to the guys and they send me questions back and, and so on and so forth. So I, I really feel like that's allowed us to be more productive in terms of watching film. Uh, I can point things out on film. Hey, look at this. And then I can, you know, I can, I can run through an entire playlist and do that with 80 plays and send it to the linebackers and they come into meetings and they can, and they can sit here and verbalize to me. Hey, yeah, when that number two receiver lines up there, we've got to be ready for this. And it's allowed us to get a more detail oriented. What's something you've taken from a coaching clinic and implemented? I would say probably when I was younger, some of our special team stuff, just in terms of how we were, how we were uh, leveraging some things and how we were, you know, trying to get a, a leverage advantage in terms of our kickoff return. Uh, I probably, I think, I probably stole that from somebody at the clinic. What's a specific on-field technique or play that uh, you're interested in learning how to defend better? Something you've seen this season that's going to be part of your research in the off-season. I tell you what, the thing that uh, it's starting to trickle down to our level now, you know, obviously it's, they kind of started doing it in the NFL a couple of years ago, but the unbalanced formations, kind of all the, all the oddball formations that they're throwing out there, reading something on, uh, on Belichick, you know, having an entire 15-minute block all the way through their camp with oddball formations and how to line up that stuff and leverage it. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of that this year, so I'm sure that's something that's going to be coming down the pipe as well. What are the major concerns you have for the future of football right now, and what are some ideas that you have to help solve those? Wow, that is a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously the overall health and, and, and long-term health of, you know, people playing the game of football is is obviously something that's kind of been uh, – you know, brought up a lot lately, whether it's on ESPN or College Game Day or, or what have you. I, I really think that the technology has come so far. I remember, man, wearing the old Rydell VSR4s that weighed 15 pounds, and <laughs> it was just like you're running your head into a cinder block anyway. So I put one of our kids' speeds on the other day, and man, those things are light, and and they deflect those blows real well. But the thing that the thing that we do here that I think helps out a lot is just when we tackle up more, we tackle with our chest. You know, our, our linebackers, when, when we're coming and we're filling gaps on, on running backs, we're, we're not dropping our helmet down to helmet-on-helmet blows. We're not trying to take a half a man in that scenario. I want to get sick. I want to hit with our chest. I want the majority of the force going through our breastplate. Um, and then the stuff when we're do, on the perimeter, we're doing a lot of the Seahawk tackle stuff in terms of, you know, we, here we call it gator tackle. We're just going to get that outside thigh board and we're going to roll them to the ground. Um, so I think a lot of it can be addressed just through proper coaching. You know, it's it's not the, the days of when I was in junior high and you lined up across from the guy and who can hit the other guy the hardest in the head. You know, the, the goal isn't necessarily that. The goal is to get the guy on the ground and you got to do it the, the safest way possible. Coach, what advice would you give a young coach looking to make it in this profession? There's no job too small. You know, whatever job you get, you do it to the best of your ability. Everything has a purpose and and when you do the small jobs well and you're recognized for that, you start getting bigger and bigger jobs and it's kind of how you move up. Now, this next one's a tough one for a lot of guys. How do you create balance with your health, your family, your friends, as well as taking care of all the things you need to do as a coach? You know, I'm pretty fortunate here just in terms of our head coach. Our head coach has six kids. I have five kids. So we're all over the place all the time uh, just in terms of youth athletics. And he really, he he gets it, you know. 
Um, after practice, there's no required office hours. Uh, we're in here in the morning. We get our stuff done. We go out to practice. Uh, we make sure we've got a good practice. And then, you know, around 6 o'clock at night, you're free. So I can go watch my kids play football or, you know, go to daughters' dance recitals, things like that. And that's really important, you know. And, and obviously, then just being at home, um, making sure that you're present when you're there and you're not thinking about, man, that counter really screwed us last week. How are we going to get that fixed? <laughs> you know, when you're there, you're, you're there for your kids and you're not spacing off thinking about other things. Yeah, you always got to focus on the moment, right? Yep, absolutely. Coach, we're going to pick up the pace even more here with our two-minute drill. So just uh, some one-word answers or, or phrases in these. So in your opinion, schematically, what's the toughest offense to face? Service Academy triple option. There you go. What's your favorite goal line defense? We, we run a bear, bear man. Turf or grass? Turf. What's your favorite coverage structure? Too, too high, cover too four. High. Uh, day or night game? Night game. If you had to run your defense from one front, what would it be? Over. What's your favorite quote? They're playing keys in every sport to have great players and never win titles. Most of the time, those players aren't willing to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. The funny thing is, in the end, the unwillingness to sacrifice only makes individual goals more difficult to achieve. One thing I believe to the fullest is that if you think and achieve as a team, the individual accolades will take care of themselves. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. Michael Jordan. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Should the kickoff be eliminated from the game? No. If you could pick one football coach from the past to learn from, who would it be? Vince Lombardi. How about one from the present? Bill Belichick. Here's a controversial one at this time of year. How many teams should be included in the FBS playoff? Eight. And all things being equal on defense, pressure or play base? Base. Coach, here's our final question. Uh, what's the one thing you'd point to as giving your team, your unit, the people you've been involved with, whether it's been special teams, your defense, you've done an excellent job What's the key thing that's been the winning edge for you? Play hard and play fast, and if you're prepared, and you're prepared for your opportunity. Coach, how can our listeners connect with you? Um, you can get a hold of me on my email address, which is jacobson at morningside.edu. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, though I don't know how much you'll get out of that. It's <laughs> at Coach C. Jake. If you, need to, if you want to call and talk about a little football, it's uh, my cell phone number, 712-898-0275. Coach, we really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We have some new episodes coming up here in the new year. We'll sprinkle in a few of our state champions and lessons from 2021 as well. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski. If you go to my pinned tweet, you'll see a link to my article where I list all of our playlists by position. So if you're looking for something to binge listen and get better at your position, learn what some of the best coaches in the country do, go to my Twitter account at Coach K Grabowski and check out the pinned tweet. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com.